Our spiritual theme for the month of March has been journey, and we have, in fact, traveled together, haven't we? Our individual journeys, our collective journeys. Today, our service is going to focus on pilgrimage, a kind of journey that we undertake as individuals, but also in community. Next month, not to spoil it for everybody, but next month our theme is going to be wholeness. And pilgrimage is one of those practices that enables us to come ever closer to wholeness in our lives. So let us enter this morning into the spirit of worship with these words from Arlene Gay Levine. Here is the road. The light comes and goes and returns again. Be gentle with your fellow travelers. Be gentle with your fellow travelers as they move through the world of stone and stars, whirling with you, yet everyone alone. The road waits. Do not ask questions, but when it invites you, when it invites you to dance at daybreak or giggle in worship, <laughs> say yes. Each step is the journey, a single note, the song. Today's reading comes from a poet uh, whose name is Danez Smith. They are from St. Paul, Minnesota. They identify as black and queer. And they are the author of a book of poetry called Don't Call Us Dead, which was a finalist for the National Book Award in uh, 2017. I don't generally try to explain to you why I pick certain readings, because that's a little bit like showing your slip, as one of my preaching professors used to say. But today's reading is import particularly important to me because it represents a perspective that often gets lost in our conversations in Unitarian Universalism. So please forgive me if I'm over-explaining, but I wanted to share that with you. This is called Our Movable Mecca. We who were born into conundrum came into the world as the world was leaving. Children of the ozone, the oppressed, the overlooked, of obtuse greed of oil overlords, of oblong definitions of justice, who asked for water and were given a border, a wall in the ocean, a wall in the air, a wall right down the middle of our bodies, Bodies left to sun-dry, bodies told they were barely bodies, bodies emptied of blood and rights, bodies whispered into rumor. Who were hungry and were given a cell to hunger in, and sometimes, sometimes saw our flesh transfigured into prisons, running in circles trying to save ourselves who were named in the wrong language, 
told our language was not knowledge, told our knowledge was not genius, told our genius was a disorder, told our order lacked logic, told our logic was brainless, told our brain was dead, told our dead was not ours, told ours was not right, told our right was not ours. We who build a temple of doors, a church of windows and roads, who say, my body is not a catalog of wreckage. My body is a portal to tomorrow. We who call on the power of ancestors past and ancestors not yet born, now we call forward every God in us to plant new seeds. We remember hope. We are hope. We are ritual. We are the narrative. We are the song. We sing ourselves into royalty. We are our own Mecca. We are the first brick thrown, last brick in our new home. We are our own wish, our own promise, our own throne. I want to start by sharing with you some sort of some, some pictures and anecdotes of, of pilgrimage, some pilgrimages that occur around the world. The one I want to start with takes place in August of every year, and it happens in the city of Osogbo, which is north of Lagos in Nigeria. It is the remaining capital of what was at one time the great uh, Yoruba, kingdom of 16 Yoruba kingdoms, which was part of the even larger Oya Empire in West Africa. This festival that occurs every August draws not only participants and people from around the region, but it draws pilgrims from around the world who come to celebrate every year, including increasing numbers of pilgrims from the United States. The festival is believed to be 700 years old. And one of the first things that happens in, in one of the, 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 the first ceremonies of the festival is the lighting of this extraordinary, it's like a, it, it looks like a living sculpture because it, it's shaped in, in the, this form of this tall tree. But there are 16 lamps, lamps in the, in the sense of antiquity, you know, not what you get at Target, but. Uh, 16 lamps representing the 16 kingdoms of Yoruba land. The kingdom Yoruba land was decimated, as you might imagine, it was decimated by colonialism and the practice of chattel slavery. The message that I want you to hear from this is a powerful one, I think, for us. And that is that no matter, and I don't mean no matter, but in spite of the practices of 
cruelty toward one another, of violence toward one another, which we humans seem endlessly capable of. We cannot destroy our human spirit. We can't. It's seemingly, no matter how hard we try to eradicate this, we can't eradicate that part inside of us that continues to seek, continues to seek enlightenment and learning and love and connection and a life of meaning. So people come to the festival. They come to have ceremonies in a sacred grove that is one of only two pilgrimage sites in the world that has been designated a a UNESCO heritage site. It's a beautiful grove. If you look at, I've not been there, if you look at photographs of it or, or video of it, it's a beautiful, beautiful grove. And they come to seek renewal for the coming year. They come to practice the rituals of the religion, sometimes called the religion of the Orisha, or religion called Ife, one of the ten largest religions in the world. (laughs) Not like us. I won't tell you where we rank, because it's not quantity, it's quality, right? (laughs) Imagine my surprise this morning when I woke up and looked at the front page of the Baltimore Sun, which I don't always do on Sunday morning. Did anybody see? The lead story is about this, this very, the, the, the rising popularity of, of this religious practice. So priests and priestesses come from the United States. They come from Harvard. They come from all kinds of locations. They come from other places in the world to be initiated at this festival. Over a period of this five to seven days, there is dancing, there is music, there's energy, there is food, there are, there are rituals. In some of the processions where people walk for hours and hours, they go like this to wipe away the energy of the past year. Anybody ever feel like you want to do that? <laughs> 27, 2016 through 2018, be gone. <laughs> Did I just say that? Tisk, shame on me. Actually, no matter where, as I often say to you, no matter where we stand, we live in times of anxiety. And that that can make us make it make us not only continually stressed but make it difficult for us to experience the joy that is part of our our birthright so the first point is about our spirit that our humanity that deep part of ourselves that never stops seeking growth and light and love and community And the second point is about using our bodies. So sometimes, those of us who are Unitarian Universalists have been accused of living between here and here. You ever heard the expression, God's frozen chosen? (laughs) You have now. (laughs) 
If we live between here and here, I won't speak for you, I'll speak for myself. What happens is that the solutions that come to me are solutions that are generated by the hamster wheel that lives in the middle of my personal operating center. They're solutions to the questions that bubble up in the rest of my being, that bubble up in my heart. And they're solutions that don't employ my open heart or my loving hands or the strength that I bring in my whole self. Pilgrimage is not something you can do here. Pilgrimage invites us to step out of, quite literally, or roll out, or be driven out, out from our daily lives, from the daily crush of obligations and tasks and responsibilities. It invites us to step on a pathway where we might know what the destination is, but we don't know what's going to happen to us. We don't know who we're going to meet along the way. We think we'll be able to come back to our daily life and say, oh, I went to Nigeria. Or I walked the Camino to Santiago de Compostela. But instead, instead we come back with something different. So I just mentioned the Camino de Santiago. Researchers who keep, seem to keep tabs on every single statistic known to humanity and more. Researchers tell us that while many organized religions are struggling in, this, in today's world to, to, to stay relevant, pilgrimages and the popularity of pilgrimage continues to grow. Last year, almost two and a half million Muslim pilgrims traveled to Mecca during the Hajj. Two and a half million. On the Camino to Santiago, the Camino de Santiago, the ancient pilgrimage to northwestern Spain, to the town of Santiago de Compostela, more than 300,000 pilgrims traveled the 500 miles of road. If you don't know the, the legend, Santiago is, a, is another word for St. James. So the legend is that uh, James, who more or less assumed leadership of the Jesus movement after the crucifixion, traveled for some reason, traveled to Spain to share the good news, came back to Jerusalem was, and was martyred as, as Jesus had been. So his followers took his body to the coastline where a ship miraculously appeared. 
and the ship took them to northwestern Spain. It's kind of a lovely story. I read in a Jesuit journal that is published in Great Britain, and the, the article was about the, the Camino of Santiago. And the writer asks, is pilgrimage providing the perfect nourishment for the ritualistic needs of a spiritually hungry generation? The thing we meet on a pilgrimage is sometimes that we often don't meet in sanctuaries. See, in many, as you know as well as I do, maybe even better, in many of our traditional or organized religions, there is a, a, a narrow window of doctrine that we have to kind of force ourselves through. We have to, or we're asked to invite, to, to offer a creed, and if we don't offer that, that creed, we're not a part of. For pilgrims, and as I listen to stories and I watch stories and I read stories of, of related by pilgrims, the questions are usually way more important than the answers. You know, the questions that sometimes wake you up in the middle of the night, the questions you haven't put on your to-do list. Should I leave my relationship? Should I move to a place where I can be more fully myself? Should I come out to my parents? How do I deal? How do I cope with the grief or the loss that is taking me to a place where I, I don't know what to do anymore? You know the questions. We all have them. We have them at every time in our lives. What do I really believe? Where is my source? to step outside of our lives. Even if it's for one day, to step outside of our lives and to bring our whole selves, our bodies, our endurance, our resilience, all of our experience, our curiosity, is a way to, to encounter those questions and allow ourselves to hear the answers. Because answers don't always come from here. They might come from a fellow pilgrim. I want to tell you about one other pilgrimage that I, I had not known about until recently that I found deeply, deeply moving. It is a pilgrimage that takes place on an island of Japan called Shikoku, and it's the Shikoku Pilgrimage. That is a 700-mile walk. 
if you can imagine, although not everyone walks it. But it is around the borders of this island, and it is up and down mountains. And when I say mountains, I mean, I mean mountains. Pilgrims stop at 88 monasteries along the way. And they say the same prayers and chant the same chants together at every monastery. The pilgrimage follows the pathway of a monk who is now honorifically known as Kobadaishi, the founder of, of a form of Buddhism, Shingon Buddhism, in, in Japan. In his day, he traveled to China, which was a very dangerous journey, but he came back. He came back to teach the people of Japan. And this journey around the island and up and down these beautiful mountains, where there's almost always a view of the sea, the pathway is lined with shrines, burial markers, because of those who have lost their lives. There are people who've done that journey 150 times. Think about that. That's commitment. <laughs> 700 miles, 150 times. Not all of us have, obviously, the time. We certainly don't think we have the time. We don't feel like we have the space to go on pilgrimage. Or perhaps we think that that's part of religions and practices that don't make sense to us. But I invite you to consider it. I invite you to imagine. Or even, even to hear the invitation of your own spirit, which may be calling you or maybe asking you, take the time. Take the time to meet yourself on the road. I've not done the Camino to Santiago. I've certainly not gone to Mecca. But I did go, I have done smaller pilgrimages. I remember going to the National Civil Rights Museum in Memphis, which is where the Lorraine Motel is, where Dr. Martin Luther King was assassinated. I don't know if any of you perhaps have been there. I remember hearing about it from a dear friend of mine who could not stop weeping as she shared the experience with me and said, you have to go. And so I did. And as you go through this space, which is a, a museum, you end up on the balcony where Dr. King was, was shot and killed. And you stand on the balcony looking out to where his assassin stood. And as I found myself there, I took my, my children with me. My, my husband was with us too, but he couldn't, he couldn't navigate the, the upstairs. 
we too had that experience of, of just weeping, letting go, experiencing something. Something that took us out of, took us away from the daily reality, connected us to something. And that, dear ones, is the last point I want to make. Every pilgrimage site, the official ones and the unofficial ones, even the ones we make ourselves, every pilgrimage site is a physical space inhabited by a story or an experience of human meeting mystery. Human meeting miracle or miracle story. Meeting something. I know we stumble with language here, but I'm meeting something that takes us out of ourselves and makes us something bigger than we are. And in that meeting, we meet ourselves again. Maybe for the second time, the third time, the fourth time, the fifth time. One of the walkers on pilgrimage to Jerusalem said something, said, after a few days, I stopped being the person whose feet hurt from walking so far. And I just became someone walking. Right? Just became someone walking. Imagine being transformed. Imagine hearing the answers you yearn to hear. Amen, dear ones. Ashe, and blessed be. My beloved, blessed is the path on which you travel, and blessed is the body that carries you upon it. Blessed is your heart that has heard the call, and blessed is your mind that discerns the way. Blessed is the gift you will receive by going, and truly blessed is the gift you will become on the journey. When you go, go forth in peace. Amen.